Yo, Krubies, welcome back to another In the News. I'm once again joined by my good friend Erica from the Horror Cafe podcast. Hi, thanks for having me back. No problem. And gaming. I don't. I never had that. Oh, yeah, that's true. And gaming on YouTube. Thank you. <laughs> Is it thanks strict? for remembering for me. That's what I do. I'm here to remember. I'm not good at remembering things. I'm getting old, so... I hear that. So you stream like every Friday or what? Every Saturday. I try. I try. I'm trying to be consistent. But it's mm. horror games live. So you can come join and talk to me, scream with me, or just laugh at me. That's fine, too. I laugh at myself most of the time. Do you scream a lot while you're playing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's not, that's not a bad thing, I guess. At least you're having fun doing it. Oh, absolutely. It's like watching a horror movie, a playable horror movie and I jump at those anyway so this is just a game and it's you controlling the character and me yelling when it, something's attacking me it's usually a zombie okay of some sort so it's a good time see if it were me doing this people would probably watch for all of 30 seconds because it would just be me <laughs> bitching about the controller configuration or I can't <laughs> get the person to go where I want them to go or I'd be rattling off like 15 like why am I even why am I doing this because I get so mad if I'm not good at something and yeah. but I like like for instance this is a way off subject for the the news episode but like I got I have friends that like to play golf okay and I've never been into golf I had no desire to play golf so I'm like okay you talk me into it so I did it I got clubs I went out and like I'm obviously bad at it right because I've never done it before <laughs> so I like became obsessed with it like watch golf videos and like have follow all these golf Instagram things and like tips and tricks wow. and all this crap and then I was like going out like every weekend golfing and then I was like I'm not getting any better and I get there and I leave mad so I'm like I'm done so I just had to pull the plug on that oh no that's that sucks <laughs> does it surprise you though with my personality no see no. see so that would be me with gaming i would literally lose my job i'd lose my family and i would never even be good at gaming well to be fair i suck at it but that just makes me laugh more at how horrible i am not mm. horrible but i'm not like there's gamers out there that you watch them for like how they strategically play things and i'm like nope there I am, dying, fumbling, running in circles, <laughs> running out of ammo. <laughs> That's me. Huh. So you'd be, you're kind of, you would be me. I would be you, but you would be having fun, and I would just be getting mad. Exactly. Okay. Well, I don't want exactly. that. I don't want no. that. But we don't want you to get mad. Correct. But something that made me not mad, it actually made me very happy, was this list that you put together for this episode. So again, I'd like to thank you publicly for doing that. Anytime. You're welcome. And of course, I, I love you proud. I love that you put the first thing on the list is Scream Six sets box office record for the franchise with forty four point five million dollars on opening weekend. Boom! I, would I like, love it. I would like to think I had a hand in that because I did see it two times. You did see it twice. You were an active contributor to that. Yes, I went once, so I was also an active contributor that's true i think the both the elm street boys went i went once with, yep. with my wife and then i went once with the hmc podcast and i go. now if you talk to seth he's gonna tell you i went three times because he was making fun of me so i just went with the joke because <laughs> he was like haven't you already seen this twice while we were there and i was like yes <laughs> i went thursday night friday night and then i'm here with you guys on saturday so we can play along with the with a running joke. Yeah, don't let him know. I don't know if he, he'll probably listen to this and I'll be getting a very, very rude text message from him about how I'm a liar and he <laughs> thought 
that our friendship was predicated on truths, and it's just going to be a big ordeal. I'm going to have to physically get myself ready for that. Then you'll hug it out, right? You'll He's hug a, it out. He is a hugger. I'm not. I'm not at all. I don't like... It's going to sound bad, but you know, with your profession, I think you would understand. I think human beings are gross. I don't like people to touch me. Listen, I've seen, smelled, and touched it all, <laughs> and not in a good way. <laughs> so I get it. I get it. <laughs> That's going to be a YouTube clip. Thank you. Yes, I made a short. <laughs> oh, my God. It's kind of gross now that I think about it. Yes, but he is a big hugger. I'm not. I'm not. So uh, I just I don't know what it is. I just don't like people. To, and he knows I don't like to be touched. So he consistently goes out of his way to touch me. He's going to pick on you. Yeah, that's what it is. I've been bullied and my now whole he life. Should, he should double hug you now after listening to this. No, and he's an aggressive hugger. Like he likes to bring, he likes to like breast your head. Like, you know, <laughs> like he likes to like with the microphone, he likes to push yeah. it up there, you know, and like really get it in there. And it's like, ah, it's too much. Can't we just like fist bump or. Or high five. I think we should bring the bow back. I would be okay with bowing. Like we don't need to t- <laughs> physically touch. We'll just, we can be, you know, three or four feet away from each other and we could just, hey, what's up, man? bowing yes. i love this see there's no touching involved there's no exchange of germs so i I think we should bring the bow back i think this should be another youtube short i i'm i will gladly do it i'll make the youtube short i want to know what people think i i personally truly believe we should bring back the bow i think you could do it from across a restaurant or a store which would also cut down one of my other pet peeves which is small talk <laughs> so you could see somebody you went to high school with across the right. restaurant, right? And you see them, and rather than than them walk over to you, and you have to have a conversation about, like, oh, you have four kids, great, oh yeah, great, oh you do that, oh wow, yeah. You could just and then go on about your day. We should do a poll. How many people think? We should bring bowing back. It will prevent small talk. I agree. Because you can just, hey. See? From far away. Who needs it? And then you're like stuck in this awkward, okay, can I go back to eating now? Like, how do we cut this conversation off? Yes. And you hope to God there's not an open chair at your table and that they're going to oh, sit God. down, right? You're like, oh. That's the worst. Sit down. Sit down. That's don't the worst. Sit. Oh, they're sitting down. They're sitting down. Uh. Sitting. It's like, oh, crap. But yeah. had you just bowed, think, I can't think of a negative thing about it because you, you know the exchanging of germs is going to be minimal. You True. cut down on the small talk. It's very elegant. It is. It is because us girls can curtsy. We can bow too. It doesn't matter, but it just looks so formal, even better than a handshake. See? Then you don't have to worry about... You ever been out... Okay, so have you ever been out in a group, right? And... You have just met a gentleman for the first time, and you don't know whether you're supposed to shake his hand or like, uh, you know what? I never know what to do. I always just go for the handshake because I don't want the person to feel like I'm like being rude or something. So I always yeah. go for the handshake. But then there's certain women that when you do that, they definitely look at you like you're an idiot. So they're like, oh. <laughs> and then they give you like the little weird, like the little limp handshake, like, oh. So then I'm like, do I kiss your hand? Do I like kiss your ring? Do I get down and pretend <laughs> like I'm proposing to you? Like, what do I do in this situation? So, just think we hi i'm josh oh i'm erica you curtsy i bow we go on about our day there's no awkward exchanges or touches and i don't have to kiss somebody's dirty fingers you're killing me today 
<laughs> these are all valid points. It will take away. That has happened to me with men or women. And I'm like, so what's the greeting? I don't know. Yes. I've had that. And it's super awkward. And I have. I'm so glad you pointed out the weird. What is it? Like the flappy. I, I, it's like they got a duck bill for a hand. They're like, hey. Yeah. You know, it's like, what are you doing? Put your duck away. It's like, what is it? <laughs> I think we should make a rally for this. Bring back bowing. I'm in. As a greeting. I'm in. A hundred percent in. Then there's no weird, like, you know, because one lady did it. And then I started like talking to her hand with my hand. And I was like, oh, hey, you know, yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was weird. I didn't know what to do. And then everybody looked at me like, I'm the idiot. Like, oh, yeah, I'm the idiot. I, I didn't stick my <laughs> You're little. You're the one who failed. Exactly. See, I think that's what we should say. 2023, put your duck away, bring back the bow. <laughs> Vote down below, let us know. That's what I'm saying. I got to start a poll. That sounds like a lot of work, though, to start a poll. It may not be. I think it's kind of preset. I know on the episodes you can put it on, on okay. there. Okay, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to put in a poll. I think you should put it. I think we're going to get an overwhelming amount of people that would like to see the bow be brought back. I think so. I think so. I think so too. I want the stats next week. Okay. I'll let you know. I'll, I'll add it to the, the spreadsheet here. But yes, Scream 6, Sets Box. I think I might have called this. I don't want to gloat too much, but didn't I call this? You did. And it's on, I was going to say tape, but you know, it's in one of our previous, in the, I think probably in our first in the news episode, you called it. I think I did, but I had a little bit of help because the statistics were already out that due to pre-sale numbers, they had already assumed this was going to happen. But I think it's 67 million worldwide, right? 44 is just domestic. Just domestic. And that's only opening weekend. I'm sure this weekend they're going to kill it again. Ah, And the the puns continue. Always. You got to always sneak one in every episode. So give me your honest feedback. Everybody knows my, my, the way I feel. I've made about 57 videos already about it. What, what is your feedback on scream six? So I really liked it. I liked five more. I will be honest, Mm. but I want to see it again because that's what happened to me with five. It's one of those. I think, and you got to see it twice as well. But, and I definitely had a lot of fun with it. Was your theater interactive? Because mine was actually full, full ish of a combination of generations in there. We had young people. Okay. Probably people that was, that was our age back when the first one came out, maybe give or take people my age and people older. And it was so much fun. When all the killings were happening, everybody was having a great time going, oh, yeah. The minute Jenna Ortega came on the screen, everybody clapped in the theater. (laughs) Stop it. They did? Everybody. I was like, oh, what did I miss? I missed this. This is going to be great. It's going to be a great show. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. So I I saw it twice. And in neither showing did anybody talk the entire time, which I'm appreciative of. Yes. Except for me, I was talking. I was talking to Abby and my other buddy, Tyler, that went with us. And then I was talking to, I sat next to Jessica uh, when I'm with the second time. So I was talking to her. And, but those two were like theorizing the whole time, Jess and Seth yeah. from the podcast. So I was like kind of listening to what they were saying. And every time they were like wrong, I was like, <laughs> I already knew. But yeah. interesting. No, my theater was not like that. Um, 
I don't know that I would have hated it if they were, but no, everybody was very quiet. But we also went to the first... Did you go at like nighttime? You went during the morning, right? I went at 1.30. Mm. So afternoon-ish. Okay. Early afternoon. See, we went and at it like the early night showing, the 6 o'clock night showing, and then we went at the early sun... I think we went on Sunday. Sunday okay. showing, so... And it wasn't annoying because they... That's what I what I was worried about was that they were going to be talking throughout the whole movie. They were only responding mm. to certain, you know, like I said, when Ghostface was on screen or there's a kill scene going on. But otherwise, nobody was talking, which was great because then you are enjoying the movie. But it added. Remember, we talked about it. It was fun to go to a respectful, interactive theater because yes. it was like two rows of kids that were there for that but they were i'm telling you they were probably i don't know how they got in because i'm like aren't you guys like 14 how'd you get in here no idea it's fine but i was worried that they were going to be like the laughing you could tell that they were fans they were there to really enjoy the movie and it's great because is this is the next generation of horror fans that's, I was just getting ready to say that actually makes me really happy. I'm glad they were at your theater mm-hmm. and not my theater because I'm an old curmudgeon. But <laughs> that actually makes me very happy because I think that is only going to increase the longevity of this franchise. Because I think with the success of this movie and how popular Jenna Ortega is right now and yep. what they've done with this group, this core four group, which I also find hilarious that they actually added it into the movie and talked about it so much. I don't want to say I, I did. I don't want to take credit for coming up with it, but the radio but. silence guys, they did call me. And when they call, I was like, okay, uh, Tyler, okay, go ahead. You can do it. And they Dude. ran with it. I hope they gave you a little nod somewhere they, they wanted to but i was like you know what guys <laughs> just i want this to be like it's something i know so and i just told the whole world all eight people that listen to me talk on <laughs> podcasts and youtube but yeah no i think that this is going to continue on and i hope that um my hope is that we don't see this go on so long that it starts to deteriorate. I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, with the lineup they have now and where this thing's headed, I think we could see probably maybe two or three more movies. Agree. I, I like the core four. I think they're a great, what is it, passing of the baton mm. to these four. I loved watching those two girls on the screen. They're great. I think they've added a different life to it just to keep it. And that's why they're not deteriorating, I think. Are they making a seven? I think you told me they are. Are they? Do you I, know? With these numbers, I don't know how they don't make a seven. Um, yeah. I, I don't know that it's officially been greenlit. Everybody thought that it, they would be like the Monday after that it would come out and they would say. And I honestly, I have been so busy that I have not read any news or looked at So maybe they already have greenlit it, but... Um, I, I don't know for sure, but I would say with certainty, in my mind at least, that they they have to make another one. I don't know where the story yeah. goes from here, but I agree with you. Sam and Tara on screen together is so much fun to watch. I mean, all four of them, honestly. like You're rooting for yeah. them, in which I found fun for me because honestly I didn't really I loved Mindy in five. I didn't really care. I didn't, didn't dislike Chad. I didn't love Chad. Like I could have went either way with Chad. Um, but in this one, I think they really wrote him in and made him an integral part of the story. And that whole group really is just so much fun to watch that like there are certain scenes where 
they could be dead, right? Like they could have mm-hmm. Ghostface had them like done, and the one you do think is dead, right? Until the very end. Yeah. And I was like sad about it because I honestly also forgot until Tara says, you know, Chad, and then I'm like, oh fuck, he did die. And then he wasn't dead, and I was like happy, which I which surprised me. I kind of thought I just wouldn't care. Same, because he didn't have a huge. It didn't. He wasn't as huge in five, like in this one. Like he really felt like he was part of this core four. They really set it up in this movie. Yes. You know, I loved Mindy more in this movie because she is Randy. A hundred percent. Hundred percent. She did it in five, but she took it up to that next level with the whole talking about uh franchise and requel like those conversations to me are so fun to hear her and the rules and all that stuff is so fun and i think she's the perfect character to carry that on and i was sad too so i was glad to see (laughs) you know yes (laughs) i agree and i i've seen a ton of people complaining that that basically after um, the psychiatrist dies, that there's really not any more... I guess maybe Annika was after that. But anyway, after that, there's a lot of fake deaths, basically. And they were upset. Mm-hmm. They were like, you know, they made this ghost face so uh, aggressive. They made him mm-hmm. just so brutal. And then he they don't finish off the people. But I, the more I think about it, at first I agreed with them. I was like, you know what? That's actually kind of right. They made, they made this ghost face so brutal, but he was mm-hmm. unable to finish the job. But then I'm thinking with all the parallels that they had in this movie to scream two, mm-hmm. I think what they did is better than just killing the characters off with the exception of Gail. I think with the core four that what they did is they kept you guessing. And not only are you rooting for them, but you are actually sad when you found out they died so i think that is a testament to how well they wrote and acted out these parts because i think they're gonna have a really hard time and i said this in my other videos but they're gonna have a really hard time killing these characters because people like them so much i don't know that they're gonna be able to kill them i could see these four people carrying on through this version of scream just like gail dewey and sydney did in the first five four yeah, four. Um, I agree. And do you think? Well, are, are we spoiler free or spoiler here? Depends I mean, we've already spoiled it, so I mean, go ahead. What? Yeah, I'm not going to edit it out, so go ahead. I'll put a little okay. thing. Scream spoilers. Okay, because with Gail, I'm trying to piece my my thought together. Is that why Gail is still around? Is it because we can't get rid of her? Like, let's say these are still going on 10 years down the line with Tara and Sam. Are they going to become the legacy character? Kind of like Dewey. Uh, I was going to call her Courtney. Uh, Gail <laughs> and Sydney, right? Yeah. You killed one already. Technically, according to the rules, you get rid of your legacy characters with new legacy. So, but I mean, that's so far off. We're getting ahead of itself. But is that... I mean, do you feel that way about your original legacy characters? Because when Gail was about, well, when you kind of don't know, I was sad because it's her. Right. You know, it's it's like, oh, shit, it's it's happened to me in Star Wars. If you haven't watched Star Wars at this point, spoiler alert, you know, <laughs> like when that shit happens, you're like, oh, my God, this is the original. It's so weird to see them die. 
So I don't know. It's it'll be interesting because these are very lovable characters, all four of them. Right. Even Randy was, though. And well, at least I thought he was. And they killed him off. Which at the time was was crazy, right? Nobody expected that because he was such a popular character and one of the ones that survived Scream 1, which again, with all the parallels that this Scream 6 had to Scream 2, when as soon as uh, Mindy got in the second train car and was not with the group, I was like, okay, this is they're going to do the Randy thing and they're going to kill her. And then she doesn't die. So then I'm like, okay, it's going to be checked. So I I thought they were going to have to kill one of Randy's relatives just to keep it on par with scream too and it would have made sense but what i think is smart about what they did is they didn't do it but the whole time you're expecting it to happen and when it happens to chad and as aggressive as that kill is like he's got probably got stabbed 20 times but yeah it was bad (laughs) you expect it and because of what happened in scream too so you're not shocked you're actually more shocked when you find out that he's not dead so i think they they this is, I guess, my full thought on this because I started it and then kind of sidetrack, which I'm prone <laughs> to do. My thought, my uh, my debate with the people that are saying that that they pulled their punches is, I think they pulled their punches for a better payoff because it would have been like, oh, Scream Two took place at Windsor College. Scream Six mm-hmm. takes place at the College of New York. Scream Two, it was the previous killer's mom, and Scream Six, it's the previous Scream Five's family. Oh, Randy died in Scream 2. Oh, they killed one of Randy's relatives in Scream 6. Well, they did it, but the whole time you're expecting them to. So I would argue that the way they did it is actually more clever than if they had just followed the blueprint from Scream 2. And more so, yeah, and it's more surprising because, I mean, when they killed Randy, I was devastated and I thought maybe I was getting pranked and he <laughs> would show up alive later. And then when he wasn't, I'm like, oh, shit, they really killed this guy. Right. This sucks. Brutally. And Yes, kind of like Ch- Chad was, I think, I mean, I have to rethink the whole movie, but that was one of the worst scene. I mean, it's not he didn't die, but it was one of the worst attacks in the whole movie. I was like, oh, this guy yes. is done for. Right. Like, when he's got the blood coming out of his mouth. The only yeah. one I could think of that is worse was what Sam does to Detective Bailey at the end. That's yeah worse but up to that point yeah you're right 100 percent. and maybe they also learned from it like okay we're we killed a character people liked in randy so now we're gonna make the audience think this but then we're gonna give them that character back and it's to keep it fresh that way as well plus i think with keeping those four characters alive because you have so many different avenues right with the first and i'm gonna i the scream is my favorite franchise I don't think there's a bad movie in the franchise, but what they did with one through four, your central character is Nev Campbell and you have yeah. that one storyline where with Scream 3, they ran into issues with Scream 3 because she was so limited in the amount of time she could film. So they had to come up with some of these other story arcs and mm-hmm. some other stuff led to that movie being wonky. Anyway, I think Kevin Williamson wasn't able to write it because he was writing something else. But with this, you've got the Sam and Tara storyline, which also includes the Billy Loomis backstory, which is brilliant. Mm-hmm. You've also got the Mindy and Chad storyline, which they are Randy's niece and nephew. They're also twins. But now you also have the storyline of Chad and Tara, which if they do decide to kill him in Scream 7 and they are together, it'll be even worse than if they had just killed him in 6. So I think they're building up to something better. It's just you're not going to realize it until it happens in 7 or maybe 8. Or if if I have it my way, there'll be 20 more of these. So maybe Scream (laughs) 27. 
and Gail, even Gail has her own story in her own way. Like it, there is a lot more going on now than in the original and even Sam on her own. Cause you have Tara and Sam together, yeah. right? They're trying to become close sisters again, but then you have Sam on her own battling what it looks like she likes it. Oh, she definitely likes it. I think Tara might like it too. After watching her with uh, Ethan. That's true. That's true. So, you know, you're also playing on that and maybe that's where you can take the story. It'd be interesting if they, I don't know, make them killers at some point and that would be a whole different direction. Don't know, I but... Would, I would be on board for that. There are so many possibilities that where they can take this franchise now and the great... my Honestly, my only fear is that it, this takes up so much of these guys' time that they're... I'm assuming they're probably... A, a, eventually going to want to do their own original works of, of production and not continue to do screen moves. Cause if you think about it, yeah, they made this one pretty quick. It came out almost a year mm -hmm. after scream six. So if they do another one, that means they're going to be writing, directing, producing all the way up until this time next year. So that's just taking away from other opportunities they might have. So maybe they'll take a break, but my worry is they're going to, be like, okay, we're done with this, and then somebody else is going to pick it up. And that's usually when you see the franchises start to tank. So I hope that's not the right. case, but we'll see. I mean, and they, they didn't tank with the original because they stuck around even while working on other projects. It's just they might have to take a few-year break, mm -hmm. and then they'll come back with the original. I don't, I mean, I don't even think they can escape it if they even if they would have to do one more because of how popular yeah. these ladies are just, just them two alone is the, the power. And then I wouldn't doubt that they become more, I mean, Jenna Ortega is already there, but the other actress, like if she gets more roles after both of these movies, I think they have to strike while the iron's hot because Jenna Ortega is so popular right now. They would be crazy. Yep. But then again, you also have to get her to do it, right? So she's already got Wednesday that she's doing the second season of. And yeah. with as popular as she is with that stuff, she's going to get more offers. I think Melissa Barrera will as well because I think mm -hmm. where Jenna Ortega shined in Scream 5, she really stole the show in Scream 5. I think Melissa Barrera did that in this. I, I think she came yeah. out on top. And I talk about it in one of my other videos that – Melissa Barrera was put in an in off an unwinnable position in Scream Five because they're basically passing the torch to her uh, from Nev Campbell, but they still had Nev Campbell in the movie. She has Jen Ortega, who's like her. Um, I don't. What, what do you call that? Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis just won the supporting actor, so Jen Ortega comes in right. as supposed to be the supporting actor and is the most popular person in the movie, right? Yeah. So, I mean, Melissa Barrera, she was in an, an impossible position. And in this mm -hmm. one, I don't know if they just wrote it right or if it was her stepping up to the plate or what, but I thought she was stole the show in this this movie. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I text you. She is, I'm fangirling over her. <laughs> like, <laughs> I loved her in this. Like, she was, she was tough and I loved how she took the character. I just, I loved her in this. It was great. And it's a different character from any of the other movies in the franchise, you know? I we would say Sydney. even different than any other Final Girl in any other horror movie. I True. Don't, even if you count the uh, your next movie with, I forget the gal's name in that, but like she's a... a oh, she, yeah. But I would put Sam above, in my opinion, again, I'm a little, I'm a little biased, <laughs> but I would put her... 
at the top, in my opinion. I mean, the way she took care of that guy, she beats the year. Ne- I, have, I haven't watched that movie in a long time, but I remember that girl kicking ass. But Sam, I think, took it to the next level with the uh, extra brutality that was much, much needed in I that agree. situation. I agree. We should have just did. We should have just turned this into the in the news uh, Scream Six episode. <laughs> we can. There's still time because I still have more to say. Uh, what do you got? Hit me with what else you got. What else you got to say about Scream Six? There was one scene that made me laugh so much in a good way because it was something different. When when we're in Gail's apartment and she's talking to Ghostface, okay, and she says, "Please hold." to him yes and she literally puts him on hold and he's like what i i thought that was so cool and out of <laughs> out of the norm and ordinary because i was even like i literally said out loud what <laughs> because it was so shocking like who never nobody ever thought of putting this guy on hold right they just ha- they've hung up on him but they never put him on hold right right i thought that was so great i don't know i i had been meaning to tell you about that because it just got me so it got me it got me giggling There's, in a good I, way because it was so clever. <laughs> the, the, the thing I love about it also is it's another callback to Scream 2 because when uh, Jada Pinkett Smith is in the theater, she's like yells at the screen when they're watching Stab. She's like, hang up and Star 69 his ass. And then yeah. Gail actually does it in this and then the phone rings. And yeah, I thought I was also not expecting that. I was like, what? Yeah, it was so surprising and shocking. And then the fact that they're still using landlines is very interesting. I think that's just paying homage to just the original movie. Right. Because why does she have a land? Do you have? No, who has a landline? I don't have one. My grandparents have a landline and my parents just, I think they just got rid of their landline not too long ago. And I liked that it was Gail that had it because she is an older character. So it would kind of, if anybody had one, it it would would be be her. her. Yeah. But one other thing I really enjoyed was the very first the very first shot of the movie is inside the restaurant and the phone ring. The landline phone rings and the girl picks it yes. up. And then you cut over to Samara Weaving and she is on her cell phone. So I was like, okay, that's how they're going to do it. But I thought it's it was great. I thought they it was nice they still incorporated it, but also it was like, okay, nobody's going to use a landline. Yeah, it's just the little homages in that way are great. I did forget about the the beginning like that. And it's just little things like that. And then that putting on hold was just a killer. <laughs> a killer. Uh, How about whenever Ghostface in the same conversation with Gail where Ghostface says, I guess all those big muscles didn't help him very much. And Gail's like, yeah, sure didn't. And this like completely moves on. <laughs> I was going to just comment about the same thing because I was like, damn, okay. He's not wrong. He was not wrong. Yes. it's But it's hilarious because Gail just like completely just like, she's like, yeah, yeah, sure did. She's like, oh, yeah, look, he's dead. Whatever. He really was useless. <laughs> like, okay. So Gail. It was great. It was great. One other thing I really liked about is I loved how they used New York City for the movie yes the bodega the subway the subway scene i thought was brilliant and it scared me a lot because of the it wasn't a strobe light but the way the light would come and go and the ghost face was getting closer things like that scare me like things that are moving too quick like that right so i thought that was effective and even the scene of using the ladder 
for across the apartment. Like yes. that's just a testament to New York City in general. Like, okay, you you could probably do that in New York. You can't. I mean, you can't do that in my city. You'd be like fifty thousand <laughs> feet away from each other. Not like you. Not like that. Right, or which even, I thought or, was cool. Or even in Woodsboro, right? Because the the Woodsboro is out in the county for the most part, out in the right. county, and that's just something that is is unique to where they shot it at. And I totally agree. There were also people complaining about that because they filmed it in Montreal. They didn't film it in New York. Mm. Um, so they were calling out certain things that, like uh, the Central Park scene. They're like, "Oh, that doesn't even look anything like Central Park." But I have never been to Central Park, so I. I honestly, until people said that, I didn't even realize that that was supposed to be Central Park. I just thought they were at a park. I thought they were at a park too, so I didn't really notice. I just, I thought the vibe was there and it was used really well in the setting and to make the kills creative and it just added, it made sense, like the big deal of being in New York and they used it. They made it work that it's like, oh yeah, they are in New York because that bodega is, is a New York. Right place and it was just amazing i like also that it added a sense because in all the other movies for the most part i guess with the exception maybe two but because they're at college they're on campus the whole Mm -hmm. time but nonetheless generally it's Ghostface and the character or two characters or somebody that's being uh made out to be a red herring in one of the characters or a small group with this like there's just so much going on all the time that it like made it like the city was almost its own character in the movie to where mm-hmm. like the one scene where Sam is talking to Ghostface and Tara is standing there and he comes out of nowhere even though they're in the middle of a city he still comes out of nowhere and yeah and I th- I think the first scene of the movie sets the pace for the entirety of the r- remainder of the movie because of the kill you see out in the city. Public in public and mm-hmm. it just shows you like hey, okay this is what's going to happen for the remainder of the movie like nobody in this place cares about anything going on other than what's going on with them exactly and that was another now that you pointed out that in the alley because there are so many alleys in new york city that could happen to and probably does happen to a lot of people or they get mugged and you'd never know and on top of everything else it's halloween so right. It's five times worse, right? It's like, oh, it's just somebody yelling for fun. <laughs> and this poor lady's getting horribly killed in that amazing dress. I'm like, damn, <laughs> this sucks ass. <laughs> uh, I look at these things. <laughs> poor Samara weaving. Well, I'd be lying if I said yeah. I didn't notice the dress. Okay, let's, let's. It was fabulous. I mean, she looked great in it. You should, everybody should have noticed that. It looked, I couldn't tell you what color it was, but it looked great. It was yellow. I know. I was just kidding. But oh, I love... Okay. I love <laughs> and then the opening scene... I could talk about this movie all night. But the opening scene was... I thought Samara Weaving did great. And of course, everybody was... Even me at some point was like, I don't think she'll be the first kill. They're going to switch everything around. And then like it shoots right to her. And I was like... I That should have been a red flag to me that all of these wild-ass theories that I had and everybody else had were not going to come true. That this thing was going to be very... Mm-hmm structured to what screen movies generally are. Cause a lot of my theories and theories that I talked with other people about were like wild off the rail, never been mm-hmm. done before stuff. And for honestly, when that scene happened, I should have been like, okay, this is going to be very similar yet different to how they've always done these movies, which I think is a good thing. 
it was a good thing. I was shocked when she was dying and oh, surprise, it's me. I'm like, whoa, this is a whole <laughs> different beginning. Yes. And even in Scream 5, the beginning was different because she didn't die. That's right. not the norm. Exactly. You know? So I had hoped that Samara would have lived, but clearly not. And yeah. they just took it in that whole other direction of following this, what is it, super fan kind of seeking yeah. kind of thing. And and then that turned on him as well. It was just like this double whammy of a beginning. It was like, okay, we're in. You know, It was a great way to suck you in and prepare you for something different in this movie, kind of like Scream 5 did. I agree. I think I said in a different uh, video that they've done it twice. They've successfully changed the beginning of these screen movies from what they had always been, but they've also nailed it both times because five did Jenna mm -hmm. didn't die, which she carries on to the rest of the movie. But with this one, and I'll be honest at the opening kill of every movie, once the ghost face slices down, the movie cuts to the title card. Right. And it didn't happen yeah. in this. And then I, for that very brief window, which is probably 15 seconds max, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, he didn't really just kill her. She's in on it, and she's going to be one of these mm. cult of Ghostface characters, and they were practicing. That's what I initially had thought, and then he pulls the mask off, and it's a character we'd seen from trailers or whatever, and then she really is dead, so I was like, okay, they're not doing that. Yeah. But like, just all this, cra this crazy stuff, and then it's like, no, that, that, is, that is what they're doing. They're, they're, stick they're changing it, but they're still sticking to the formula that is so successful. Right, because the phone call at the beginning is still the same six movies later. This time she was a film teacher, film professor. A so slasher, that was cool. a slasher of all things. Right, which is funny because why is she going down this creepy alley? And he even tells her, like, what are you doing? <laughs> I think, like, at the end when he kills her. And it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. First of all, it's just creepy anyway, slasher movie or not. But what was I trying to get at here? <laughs> I don't mm. know. Well, I mean, she is supposed to be this professor of horror oh, right. movies. Did you, did you get Yeah, I remember back? now. Because we ahead. were saying how the beginning... Um, they're all different, but the same and fresh. And then with her, I like that now she's a film teacher. The last one was she's a film fan, but an elevated horror fan. So now we're back to slasher. Yes. It's just like, it's fun. It's just so much fun to go through all of this. <laughs> I completely agree. I don't know how somebody... And Again, it's if you, this isn't your thing, this isn't your thing. But I don't know how somebody who's a fan of the franchise watched this movie with an open mind and didn't like it, or is just completely disgusted by it. Like I just, I don't get it. I, I'll never be able to comprehend how people at bare bones can't appreciate what these guys are doing with this franchise. Because I think it's that you you said it that you have to go in with an open mind and have fun with it at the same time, and maybe that's why. But I haven't seen anything negative, and even other friends that I have have enjoyed it a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, that they say it's one of the best ones they've seen in the franchise. So I'm like, wow, okay. So I haven't heard anything negative, so I don't know how either. But you know, there's always you know it's not for you if it's yes. not for you. 
Well, I think I post so much about Scream on YouTube that the algorithm has picked that up. So all I am just inundated with Scream videos and posts and etc. And the funny thing is, there's a lot of um, YouTubers that I think look to put negative negativity out because mm. usually it gets more clicks or more likes. Um, so I, maybe that's what it is at the same time. But it's mm. I mean I I listen or watch or whatever to their videos and it's just like man I would love to have them come on the podcast and just debate with them for however long it takes for me to change their mind. I probably wouldn't change their mind, but I think it would probably, I would either be able to punch holes through their arguments mm-hmm. or we would just have to agree to, to disagree and they disagree. would, yeah, but I, I just, again, I can't comprehend and maybe they could explain it to me. You know what I mean? Like maybe cause I'm not the smartest guy in the room. Let's be honest. I'm the only guy in the room right now. So I technically am the smartest guy in the room. (laughs) That's a good one. That was good. (laughs) But there's also this whole, and I I talked to you about this a while ago, that there's this thing that if something is so popular or so hyped up that I think some people will get turned off buy it and then just like hate it on principle because everybody else likes it so i don't know if that has something to do with it as well because that's happened to me with other things but then when i end up watching it i'm like okay it is great so i'll just (laughs) shut up i've learned to not do that as much anymore (laughs) but if it happens to me i can imagine maybe it happens to other people if it's something that's hyped up or just so popular they're like we're gonna hate it you know or they just when they haven't I, even I, seen it and they hate it. I also feel like we live in such a culture that we have to have a side or we have to pick a team. And that's just where it seems that with everything that yeah. like that's your team. And if that's how the way your team feels, that's how you feel. And you're going to mo- mimic whatever comes out of that side. Right. But I also feel like, and they talked about this in scream five, the whole, the whole movie was about toxic fandom. Right. And mm-hmm. I feel like people are one, argue if you if feel free to disagree but i people most people do not like change they like consistency Mm -hmm. right change scares people they're changing this franchise they're changing the direction of it they're changing some of the messages in it and they're changing the actors that are playing these characters and in scream 5 they killed one of the most beloved characters in horror right so i feel like people are holding on to what scream was whether it's scream one scream whatever the first trilogy the first four movies whatever like i feel like people are holding on to that so tightly that they even if they liked this they wouldn't say they liked it because that would be them potentially saying that it was better than what they have loved forever right and i think that's hard for people to let go of and look at them look at them side by side and say, okay, these are two different things. Yes, they're both called Scream, but they're two completely separate things. In my opinion, at least that's how I look at it because Scream is my favorite movie. Mm-hmm. But I love what they're doing now and I, I look at them separately. And I get that. I agree that people don't like change. I'm, I am I get very scared with change, so I get it. And it's it's almost like when your favorite band changes, right? You're, yes. You love this one album or this span of albums, and then all of a sudden, your favorite rock band is now a pop band for one album because they're experimenting. Now you hate them. It's kind of like that, and it's like it's still the same 
premise. It's still your same band. It's still the same franchise, but you have to evolve it in a different way. And people don't always accept that. I agree. Like I can make that same analogy. I'm going to bring up Star Wars again because I grew up with the originals, right? I watched those, the prequels, didn't like them. These newer ones that came out, I really enjoyed a lot of them unpopular opinion more than some of the originals don't come at me it is what it is wow i know i know but but my point is i still love the original but i like the some of the changes they're making or just the different stories or just a different point of view you know but i think if you do it well i think scream is doing it well they've always had within the movie within the movie going on right now they're just changing the characters slowly ish yes ish because it's in five where they officially pretty much change it right more than in you know the first four but you still have your legacy characters and you still have the same premise you're just modernizing it but i can see how now you're like well that doesn't compare to the original but it's still there it's right. It, I get and, it. and we have to compare compare everything, right? Right. And it's like right. what they're doing is so unique because you look at all the other horror franchises and they either change the storyline completely. Yeah, you have Michael Myers in the movie, but they've mm-hmm. completely changed it. Um they did they did that with Friday the thirteenth, they've done it with Elm Street. Um yeah. hell, they've put Jason and Freddie in a movie together. You see what they're doing with the new Chucky series, which, yeah, they're incorporating right. a lot of the older stuff, but it's still a lot different than what the original movies were. And mm-hmm. you look at what Scream is doing. it's You hit it on the head. They're modernizing it. They're including things that are relevant in today's horror or today's mm-hmm. society. And in my opinion, if if you for people that really do love this franchise, you'd want to see it continue on. And what they're doing is they're now introducing it, like you experienced at your theater, to a younger generation of people that mm-hmm. are falling in love with this version of it at the same age a lot of those other people were at when they fell in love with the original. So like, I just don't understand why you wouldn't want it to can- continue on successfully because that's, this thing is, has every everything that you need to make these movies successful, they have. They have the directing team that are fans of the franchise. They're not doing... Radio Silence is not doing this movie to just to make money. Sure they want to make money. They're they're mm-hmm. human beings, right? But they are actual fans of the franchise. You have arguably the most popular horror actor in yep. a very long time in Jenna Ortega. Mhm. And you already have the groundwork laid because Scream does not have a bad movie in it. So the bar is already set way up here versus if they were doing a Friday the 13th or Halloween or Hellraiser, like those all Elm Street, all Texas Chainsaw, all have bad movies. Scream doesn't. And if we're going to get to the nitty-gritty bare bone, it is very true. You look at all the scores. We're going to talk about just plain scores of all the Scream movies, except for three. They're all... What is it? Certified fresh? They're all certified the red fresh. tomato. Hang on now, damn it. Are you saying the Creed didn't put out a great score for scream i mean they started with what if from by creed and scream 3 are you kidding me <laughs> creed, we're talking creed here 
I like Scream 3. I don't know what it is, and I've already told you, I ended up really liking that one. I don't know why. I guess because it was kind of like off. It was off. It's wacky. It's really. It, it was more of a comedy than a horror movie, but yeah. because of what was going on, it, that movie has a ton of... of Things. We could do an entire episode on Scream 3 and the the hurdles that they face with that movie, but continue. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. But the point is, like, they they all have great scores. You go to a Halloween franchise or all the other ones you named, maybe they'll have one or two with great scores. As they progress, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Besides the Halloween remakes, which are also with great scores, but everything else, I mean... You, that's where you have to really look at this. The Scream franchise has killed it <laughs> again, um, <laughs> compared to all the slashers. <laughs> it, it's on. It's honestly true. And when you look at it, yeah. it's the most consistent as well. But you also had Wes Craven who did all the first four, and now you've got the Radio mm-hmm. Silence guys who are doing five and yep. six. And those other franchises again, they were just money grabs. So they had a ton of different writers, a ton of different directors. They took it in different directions to try to, to revitalize it and it, it worked or it didn't work. Um, yeah, it's just, just different. And it, it's, I'm excited because a, I still love these movies and I'm going to continue to likely love them. They honest to God, they could probably put out a bad one and I still argue that it's good because I am completely biased and I can admit that. Okay. I can't help it, <laughs> but I think I think that they're going to keep making these movies great, and I'm going to keep going to watching them twice every time they come out. I might go see it a third time just so Seth can't say I lied. I was going to ask, are you going to go again one more time? Um, here's the problem: is I think this movie's going to continue to do well, so I don't think they're mm-hmm. going to pull it. Unlike Cocaine Bear, which we still have to talk about. Um, <laughs> I want to just get my hands on it because I want to watch it at home. I want to watch the commentary track over it. Um, so I probably will not. It depends because I know that you can already pre-order it, but I don't think it's coming out till summer. So I don't know if I can wait that long. I don't know. The, wow, it, really? I don't. The answer is I don't know. But I know when you get it at home, you will definitely watch it a few times at home. Uh, the first day I have it, I'll watch it at least twice. Well, here's the thing, though, right? Because, like, I'm not saying that I will sit here and, like, uninterruptedly, if that's a word. I may have just made that up. Watch <laughs> Call it. Call up Webster's. Let I mean, them know. Get them, get them out here. Google search. But it'll be on. <laughs> and I'll, like, be able to zone in for, like, 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. But honestly, okay. I'm okay with that because it'll just keep playing on repeat. And I'll eventually see all of them and be able to pay attention. But... Yes, I'm definitely going to psychoanalyze it once it comes out. And I really want to get the commentary track to hear the guys talk over it while the movie's on. So I I always look forward to that as well. And I'd like to point out that this is the only slasher franchise that I've watched every single movie in. Really? Yes, because Halloween would probably be the second closest. I've seen one, two, the one with the masks, the one that I think four. That's three, Season of the Witch. Or three. Um, H2O a long time ago, but I don't remember. So it would be like a brand new movie. The two Rob Zombie ones and these last three. I think I'm missing a few there. Wow. <laughs> so you've never seen the, uh, the Cult of Thorn version? Four, five, six? Nope. Really? You know that uh, four, five, six introduced Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, that's where he got his start at was in Halloween. I feel like this is a rite of passage <laughs> for actors 
to start yeah. in horror movies. Seems like it. Some of them. Some Here of them there. can't get away can't get away from it. So probably it was always so yeah. frowned upon uh previously. Now I think yeah. it's kind of a, a not as as bad it's not looked at as negatively as it used to be. I know Jamie Lee Curtis got kind of stuck in the horror genre and couldn't get out of it for a while. But as you know, I'm not a Jamie Lee Curtis fan. I think her version of Laurie Strode in Halloween one and two is 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 terrible. Just I'm sorry. It's terrible. I know. <laughs> I'd argue that it wasn't she was being typecast as a young actor. I would argue she was not a good actor. Now, don't get me wrong, she's definitely a lot better now. I think she's she's good. I don't yeah. like a lot of her stuff because I don't really care for her as a person. But uh <laughs> <laughs> she's come a long way. I think she deserved the yeah. the award she got. I'm happy she got it. I liked what she's done with the last Halloween movies. But I'm my point in all of this, in all seriousness, is I don't think she was being typecast as oh, she only does horror. I think she just wasn't that good of an actor. So that's what and those were the roles that she was up for at the time. Yeah, I mean, John Carpenter had her in Halloween, yeah. and then they they did Halloween 2 because she didn't make mm-hmm. anything on Halloween. So Halloween 2 was really a cash grab. It, they yeah. can say what they want. It was a passion project, my ass. It was a cash grab because they were going to make a ton of money, and Jamie Lee Curtis yeah. wanted to pay. So they just Halloween 2. And then he also cast her, I think John Carpenter did The Fog. Somebody will fact check me mm, and tell me I'm an yes. idiot, but she is in the beginning of that. Um, she is, was in prom night, which is not a a John Carpenter movie. I don't think, um, terror train. Yeah. So she, I mean, she did a lot of horror, but again, she was not even in terror train. She's terrible. I've never (laughs) watched it. So I have no idea. (laughs) So Seth and I watched, um, the, the trilogy that fear street, we watched the third fear street movie cause it came out. So I went to his house and we watched it, did an episode on it, I think. Uh, but it was like, too early to go to bed, mm-hmm. but like too late to put on something we were going to pay attention to. And I'm, I'm yeah. positive we were probably pretty drunk. Um, so I was like, <laughs> we were flipping through Prime or something and that was on. So we turn it on with no intention of watching this whole movie, right? And this movie is so terrible that we ended up finishing it and then having like an hour long conversation afterward about how terrible it was. Wow. After which... We realized I did fall asleep multiple times during the movie, just for the record. Um, <laughs> that we should have just sat down and recorded the episode about how bad yep. Terra Train was. However, when Seth is really drunk, he can't get full sentences out. They're kind of like half sentences with a bunch of giggles in between them and stuff. And I'm like, I've been oh. around him so long that I can piece these sentences together to understand what he's yeah. saying. But uh, the rest of Viewer. civilized population would not. Oh, that must have been funny, though. Yeah, but Terror Train, not a great movie. When you don't like movies, they make for great episodes, though. Sometimes, sometimes. Sometimes. Like, if it's like that, where it's a a communal decision that everybody Mm. dislikes it and thought it was funny bad. Yeah. It's a good good time. It's a good talk. It can be. For me, the problem, and this is this this is like a cocktails episode. The problem for me is I do the discussion section of our horror movie crew podcast. I take like detailed notes, scene for scene notes, and if a movie is that, like we just had to deal with this with old. We just got through Mm. M Night Shyamalan, and I don't care if I ever watch another M Night Shyamalan movie in my life. Um, 
We just got through this with old and the sixth sense back to back bad movies. And it was like getting through that was excruciating. So by the time I've watched the movie, I put together the notes and then I sit down here and we record for an hour or so. And we get into that section. I am like so done with this movie (laughs) that it's hard. That it's exhausting. (laughs) It is. It's hard for me to navigate a conversation, which I also generally do. I navigate where the conversation goes right, wrong or indifferent, but it's hard for me to like want to keep it going. So they have to bail me out in that generally. And Seth, God bless him. He generally is very good at knowing when I'm not into a movie and he will like take us down rabbit holes so that we have enough content. <laughs> Go Seth. <laughs> Cause if it were me, I would be like, yeah, um, the uh-huh. sixth sense. It opens up. He's on a park bench being a, <laughs> kind of a pedophile outside of this kid's house. They go around and they uh, they fix problems for ghosts, and then he finds out he's dead. The end. End of the movie. Yeah, right. Would be like, you skipped all this shit, but yeah, no, not not really. But that's what I would like to do. But what are you right. gonna do? What are you gonna do? What did you get? On? I mean, I felt like that was a pretty healthy Scream Six discussion. I think so. I have one more thing to add because why not? Go ahead. I'm sure you've noticed this in all of them. Ghostface is very obsessed with going in through the throat or the gut. Mm, yes. It's his thing, right? It's, his, it's or her. It it's their thing. Their thing, yes. Okay. That was it. I that was, was like, it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can only <laughs> the the thing is he's traditionally always used a knife, right? He uses the buck knife. Mm-hmm. Which again, there was a big debate going on online. At the end of every movie, there's always a gun introduced. So him having a gun did not bother me because Ghostface always ends up with a gun. However, mm-hmm. he's not like Ghostface. They are not like Jason or Michael mm-hmm. where they get creative with different weapons for the most part. I know Mickey throws CC off of a ledge in Scream 2, um, which again, and then you think about the girl falling off the ladder sure. in Scream 6, another parallel to Scream 2. I could go on all day True. doing this, True. but nonetheless, um, there's only so much you can do with a knife, right? So, yeah. Although, uh, gosh darn it, Scream Four, she does stab the cop in the forehead with the knife. She does. So there's so that, that was pretty bad. That hurt. Like it visually hurt. Yes, but these gut shots are going to be a problem. And uh, in my three things they got wrong, which I don't think these are really wrong, but. I had to make a video about it. Cause you know, I got to, I got to throw some negative. I can't just be completely biased on one side. I have to admit when there's some faults, I think one thing they're going to have a very big problem with moving forward is how are we going to know what a fatal kill is before? Mm. It was pretty obvious. You get stabbed in the gut or you get your stabbed in the head or the throat. You're going to die. But in this one, right. a lot of people get stabbed in the stomach and don't die or they continue on for another 15 minutes. Gail got stabbed in the leg and is still able to run. Jenna Ortega gets stabbed in the back in the movie theater and yep, you doesn't even act like she got stabbed. So I think we're going to have a difficult time with what's a Chad got stabbed 97 times in the chest. So it's like what constitutes a kill in these movies? Is it, you have to be shot in the head. Is this, is this like Scooby doo? <laughs> like, 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 you have to be shot in the head or there's potential that they're going to come back. Like what's, what's, how do we know? Well, they do. Well, hold on. They always say at the end of the movie, you got to make sure they're dead by shooting them in the head. That is true. That is true. That is the ultimate deciding factor. 
So it's a good point, though, because they I mean, poor Chad, I swear that that is one of the most brutal situations because of the way they had him held up like that Mm. and just went at it. They did. And I'm like. In my mind, I'm like, this guy is dead. There is no way you survived this situation. But here we are. I also thought he was dead. But I have to say. Arguably, one of the coolest shots in any screen movie is the two ghost face stabbing Chad and then the double knife wipe off afterward. They yeah. both do it in unison. I was like, oh, that's awesome. It was cool. It was cool. Poor Chad, but it was cool. Well, it sucks it was for effective. Chad. It sucks for Chad, yeah. but obviously, these two couldn't get the job done. So clearly, he'll be back. But. Again, I, I, you know what I like that you said that because they, they have always said, and Dewey says in five, you got to shoot him in the head. So maybe that is now true for even the victims. Maybe now Ghostface has to listen to that rule and apply it. Yes, unless Ghostface is Sam in the next one, and then we're gonna know immediately because she gets a little stab happy. She liked that. <laughs> she felt powerful with that. With that knife. I'm like, damn, girl. Yeah, she was liking it. She was definitely liking it. But don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button so that you get all of the new and existing content from the HMC Studios. 